This is Alopecia Life with your host, Deanne Graham. You'll hear interviews with specialists in their field and parents who are helping their child move through life while living with alopecia areata, along with conversations with alopecia rock stars who are making a difference. Alopecia Life is here to provide you with support, accurate information, inspiring stories, and life hacks to help you navigate the world of hair loss. Whether you've just been diagnosed or have had it for ages, Alopecia Life has been created to share all the information you may want or need to do alopecia your way. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Alopecia Life. Today's guest is Betsy Wojtovich. She is the Director of Alumni Relations at Berks Catholic High School, co-founded the Children's Alopecia Project with her husband Jeff, and she just recently fulfilled her lifelong dream of becoming a published author with her book, Francie Puts on Her Courage. Betsy, welcome to Alopecia Life today. Oh, hi. Thank you. Happy to be here. You're welcome. And this is kind of an interesting time for for you. You have just put on your your hat as an author. And I want to talk about a lot of things with you today. And why don't we just get started by talking about alopecia and how kind of this all started for you. You have a personal connection with alopecia in the way that, you know, Maddie, your daughter has alopecia, but also you have a personal experience with it as well. Yes, I also have alopecia areata. I was first diagnosed when I was seven. And what I remember is it happened very quickly. So the first time that I lost my hair, I lost a great deal. And I think close to 50% of my hair. And so by the time I went to see a dermatologist, it was pretty bad. In fact, when I've gone back with Maddie more recently, I was very surprised to see the pictures that he had in my file because I didn't have memory of it being quite that bad. But then most of my life, my alopecia was not really a huge deal. It was definitely areata, coin-sized spots, and I would occasionally get injections and it would grow my hair back. And until Maddie lost her hair 17 years ago, I didn't think a whole lot of mine, you know, because it was pretty easy to cover and it would occasionally pop up and then it would grow back. So And right now, looking back, do you feel like you could tell your seven-year-old self something different than you would have told Maddie at that time in her life? Because she was five when she was diagnosed, right? Yes, Maddie was five. I do have to say that when, I don't know if it was mother's intuition, probably more than the experience I had with alopecia, but when I called to make the appointment for Maddie, I was very emotional. And somehow I think that I knew that her case was was a different thing than I had ever dealt. Like it just seemed worse when it was Maddie, maybe because it was my child, but I felt a little bit like it was mother's intuition that I knew it was heading into a different place. I would tell my seven year old self, I was very self-conscious in general, not particularly about my alopecia, but my thought is that it probably didn't help. I was extremely shy and awkward and very self-conscious. So I definitely would tell my seven-year-old self that just as I would tell my own children that in the end, these things don't matter, all personal appearances and all the things that we worry so much about in grade school and high school don't really matter that much in the big picture. But I'm sure I wouldn't have listened to myself either. (laughs) Well, that is so hard. It is it's kind of a tribute to how we grow up though, right? When we take what we experienced as children and we say, okay, this is, 
you know, I'm going to make this different for my own children. And you have a huge opportunity to do that. You have four girls. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And when you think about confidence and you think about raising girls and children in general really is mm-hmm. it's work. It's a lot of work to give them, you know, to help them with that confidence. And so I, I know it's a huge tribute to you and to Jeff too, that you guys have done an amazing job with your girls. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, it is. Four girls is, um, you know, the greatest blessing, but it is, it, it is a con- constant drama and constant, you know, reassuring and, you know, mm-hmm. all kind of uplifting and all that great stuff. So I get plenty of practice and then also I uh, make plenty of mistakes and then you just start over and try again. Yeah. So. Definitely. And I would love to talk a little bit about CAP. Today we're here to talk about the book, mm-hmm. but also when we're talking about the book, really CAP was a huge part of that, right? The story and how it progressed for Maddie and for you guys as a family. When you guys got started, we've heard from Jeff in the past and we've heard from Maddie and I would love to hear it from your perspective on what your thoughts were when you thought about starting CAP. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. That's a really, that's a really good question. And I do give all the kudos to Jeff, honestly, about starting CAP because as much as I believe it is a gift to our family and we try to tell people that we're the ones that are receiving these amazing blessings from our CAP family but it was really all Jeff. It was his, it was his response to, you know, a very challenging time for our family. And he just wanted to help other people. And I, if I'm being perfectly honest, it may not have been my response. I don't know why I'm very emotional about this. (laughs) It may not have been my original response, but I'm so happy that it is the way that we responded. And never in our wildest imagination did we think that CAP would be what it is today. We just, we were just looking for some advice and mentors and things for our own daughter. And then from there, thanks to the internet and eventually Facebook and all that, we, we just realized that there was a huge need and little by little, we were just filling the need and it just kept getting bigger and bigger. And honestly, it was the best thing that we ever did. Yeah. That's so clear. And the fact that you guys have groups all over the country in the U S and within Canada and starting in Europe too, right? You've got some groups. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's one in Mexico. Um, yeah. yeah, having that support, you know, I can tell you firsthand that I know I would have just needed that so much when I was seven years old and first diagnosed. And my parents, I can't even imagine what it would have looked like for them had they had support. And reading Francie's story in, mm-hmm. in your book, I mm-hmm. it really touched on so many points that almost any family going through the journey of alopecia can relate to. There's something in there, you know, I would say probably 80% all of us have experienced as either someone living with alopecia or as a parent who is helping guide their children. So I I think that that you touched on so many great things within the book. And Maddie, Francie, we'll call her, (laughs) her character, you can hear as she's meeting people, and I'm, and I know you talked to her about 
remembering how that felt, but as she met those first people and what that felt inside to her to understand that other people were experiencing the same thing she was. Yeah, that's really what it was all about. I will backtrack just a little. The reason that I called it Francie and not Maddie, even though the illustrator made the cover and a lot of the photos The cover is so clearly Maddie, but the story is not 100% our story. There are things in there that didn't happen to Maddie, but that happened to other cat kids that I was familiar with. And so, and also um, Francie only has one sister. So I didn't want to call it Maddie if it wasn't entirely true. So, I mean, everything in it is true and has happened, but it didn't always happen to Maddie. But back to what you were saying about the support group, that was just a very honest, true moment for us when Maddie first met somebody else with alopecia, or even when we told her, oh, and that was the other thing. Maddie was five when she was diagnosed and Francie was in fifth grade because Mm -hmm. I just felt that that was an audience that could really benefit from from this story. So I just kind of aged Maddie to a different place. Didn't feel right to call it Maddie. But that moment when I do remember Maddie actually saying, oh, I didn't know that there were any other kids with alopecia. And that was actually even before we started the support group, we found one other little girl that danced in Maddie's dance club. Mm -hmm. Somebody told us about her. So we introduced her and she was so thrilled just to meet that one other person. So I knew that that was an honest interpretation for Francie to, you know, to feel that way when she finally got to meet someone else. Yeah. So yeah, to know that you're not alone. That's what it's really all about. Mm-hmm. Yep. For the kids and for the parents, for sure. Yeah. 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 We've definitely learned that through CAP, how much it means also to the adults is, mm-hmm. um, you know, we all just want to find our tribe and our people that we can relate to. And, and we all have something that makes us feel different. So whether that thing that makes us feel different is visible you know, in this case, it's visible. And so being able to, to share your experiences is just half the battle. So, mm-hmm. yep, I totally agree. That's great. And how long did it take you to put this book together? Actually, I just looked it up after I finally got to the publishing phase, but I first wrote it three and a half years ago. I was invited by a publisher that I knew in a different way. He knew that I was a writer and invited me to write a middle school book that was based on the main character overcoming something. Um, So I wrote it and I'm almost embarrassed to say that I wrote it in two weeks, but (laughs) he didn't love it at first. So, and he's not the one who ended up publishing it. So (laughs) looking back, I, I think I'm a good essay writer and I had a little bit to learn or a lot to learn about writing a book and how it differs from you know, writing an essay. So I had back to the drawing board three or four times. I had different people in my life, including some cat people read it and give me their opinions. And I just kept working on it. So we did find a publisher. The publishing process took almost a year. So Mm -hmm. it took me about a year and a half to two years to find a publisher and then another year to actually get the whole thing done. And COVID definitely postponed it a little bit. So Mm -hmm. it would have been a little bit sooner. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it turned out great. And you said your illustrator, I think they did an amazing job on I think on... they did an amazing job too. And some yeah. of the some of the photos are based on actual pictures, like mm-hmm. the uh, photo when um, Francie and her sister in a wedding is mm-hmm. based on a true. That's from my sister's wedding. And that is kind of how Maddie's diagnosis happened. That part was very true, except the fact that Maddie was much younger. And then some of the photos, I really was able to have a lot of input on what I wanted in the photos. Sometimes they were based on a photo. Sometimes they were just based on an idea. So for the most part, they really let me have some input. So the publishing company provided the illustrator. I actually had someone in mind. I didn't realize that that's not usually how it works. So yeah, the whole process, it was a great learning opportunity for me too. Do you see yourself doing another book? I think so. I actually have some ideas. And actually, this is the first time I'm saying this, (laughs) like outside of my family, but Mm -hmm. I, I could see Francie encountering some other middle school issues, maybe not necessarily related to alopecia, just being a young girl and having if her friend moved away or things like that, things that middle school kids go through. So I have, I have considered that idea. I'm not sure yet. So I don't, (laughs) I've always wanted to write an adult book too. So this is definitely a great first step for me. For sure. And really, ultimately, I think, don't we always want to say that alopecia is just a piece of us? You know, we're we're all of these pieces of our life are still so similar to everybody else our own age. So yes, that is so true. Because we I remember saying that about Maddie, when she'd come home from school and be in a bad mood, not even crying. And I would assume that it was her alopecia, but she also had regular schoolgirl problems and, mm-hmm. you know, same in high school. It, it isn't the everything to you. My dream would be for her to be a little role model for, for middle schoolers. And she just happens to have alopecia. <laughs> right. What do you see coming up for yourself? I mean, we talked about the book potential, you know, for maybe a series of books about Francie, but what do you see with Cap and yourself, really? I mean, you've got one more daughter at home, right? Yes. Our youngest is going to be a junior, so in high school, and then Maddie and our oldest have graduated from college, and then we have one other in college. So, yep, we're approaching that, the fully empty nest phase. Although because of COVID, we had a very full nest for a while and we, we loved it. It was, it was the one good thing about COVID. So right. <laughs> we used to always talk about like what would happen when um, our kids are older and have outgrown cap. Honestly, as they get older, I really, you know, it feels a little different for Jeff and I. Now, of course, we didn't have it this year, but the year prior, it felt a little different because we were like running the camp and our children were there, but they were more like helpers than, than in the beginning or for the first 10 years, they were attendees, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with all the other young kids. So it definitely feels a little different, but I can definitely say that we're in this for the long haul. And when we're grandparents, this is uh, Jeff's purpose without a doubt, and a big part of my purpose. I do work outside of CAP, and whereas Jeff, this is his livelihood as well. So we'll be doing this beyond our retirement. <laughs> this is part of us. So I just am anxious to get back to being able to have camps and things. So mm-hmm. yeah, we really miss it. So with our, our friends and CAP family. Yeah, it's not yeah. the same to do virtual camps. It's been, no, no. It's been awesome that 
Jeff has been able to do that, but yeah. at the same time, we we all know that it's not, just the, not same. the same yeah. as having your feet yeah. in the sand or the grass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Jeff has shared a couple of things with me about you know just over the last few years. He'll say, "Well, Betsy told me." that I can't be driving our car around anymore and doing this. So she says I have to go get some sponsorship. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Well, I work in development for a school, so I've learned a lot about sponsorships and having financial supporters. And my boss actually taught Jeff a little bit about it as well. And he's trying. (laughs) That's not (laughs) Jeff's forte. His forte is just getting out there and speaking and talking to the kids and all of that. But it was really interesting when CAP first started. I had just started in development and I would go to work and be like, oh my gosh, I need to tell Jeff about this. He needs to you know, send letters to people or have a fundraiser. As I was learning, I was trying to use it to help him as well. So, so we've been learning together. It's definitely been a grassroots effort. <laughs> well, and yeah. it really is a team effort over time. I mean, it did start with the two of you in mm-hmm. your living room. And so yeah. it's really morphed into something so huge. So you have to have a team behind you that has a skill set that isn't the same as Jeff's or right. yours. Right, right. right. And at one time I was the executive director and I felt that I benefited CAP in that I kind of organized things. And I definitely took it in a different direction where we were becoming a little more financially stable. But then we sort of switched roles and Jeff ended up being the executive director. And I went to work for my alma mater, which is also where my children go. He continued with, with what I had started, but then he took it another direction by adding on speaking at schools and things that I I would have never been able to do partially because I had young children at home, but also I'm not a public speaker. (laughs) So (laughs) even just between the two of us, we kind of used our skill sets where one of us was the volunteer and the other one was the director. And then we kind of flip-flopped. And I do feel like God has led us down this path. Of course, we make mistakes along the way, but we're kind of being guided in the right direction. I really do feel that way. That's awesome. So, Yeah. Do you guys see yourself ever like just having camp in one spot and not being in all these other places? Is there something you would want to do on a huge, huge level? Oh, that's funny that you would ask because we have kind of joked that instead of retiring, maybe someday we'll buy a camp and just, you know, run camp. (laughs) So it's kind of like a little pipe dream. But honestly, having a having Alopecia Palooza, you know, in 2007 and eight, that was a pipe dream. Mm -hmm. We decided to give it a little try. And, you know, again, we had it at a hotel and we're just kind of winging it and we spent too much money and it could have been more kid friendly, but yet everybody left there like feeling on top of the world and so connected. And then the next year we moved it to a camp and then we realized, okay, this is what, so that's kind of what I mean of God leading us down the right path. Sometimes it's like a little bit wrong. Our pipe dream, you know, maybe someday that'll, that'll be what we do. We do have this amazing, calm, peaceful feeling when we're at camp, when no matter whether it's in Maine or wherever it is, it's just, it's just such a happy place to be. So we, mm-hmm. we could see ourselves doing that when we're older and ready to retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, I'm just excited. I mean, when you guys added Calapalooza, it was perfect for me because I could just jump on a plane and go down yeah. there and be part of it. Yeah. And so I know that 
meeting people where they are is really important, right? Because some people can't fly to Maine. Some people can't fly to Ohio. And so you guys are just really trying to meet them. People will come, people will fly and people will get to where you are. So I love that, that you are offering it in so many different parts of the country. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we kind of love that. We decided once we did Calapalooza, we decided, you know, we're always tweaking it a bit. And so we, we decided, okay, now we'll have an East coast and a West coast. But then on the other hand, we kind of miss even our girls. We thought they would be kind of relieved that we wouldn't be piling them in the car and Mm -hmm. driving them across the country. And they seemed a little disappointed that we were going to try to stick to one location. So it is kind of, and back to what I've said before, it's, it's such a gift for our family. Like even that, like just the adventures that we've had of one of my best stories about Cap and it's very telling about Jeff and maybe even a little bit about our relationship. (laughs) I think it was in 2011 we were getting ready to have our third alopecia palooza in Ohio and Rick Civelli, who you know, he invited us to his surf camp in North Carolina. It had to be the week before Ohio. So we drove from, you know, Pennsylvania to North Carolina and then from North Carolina to Ohio. And honestly, I don't, I think our car barely made it. (laughs) You know, it was like such an adventure. And, and when I look back, that was like, a big door opening for Captain. We went back to surf camp twice since then, and we will definitely go back again. And honestly, I was thinking, I can't believe that we're doing this. This is so silly. But like, if we hadn't done that, then that part of Cap wouldn't happen. So sometimes you have to do these things that seem a little silly and wacky and pile your kids into the suburban and just go. <laughs> That's what we did. And it definitely worked out for the best. That's fantastic that you did that. And like you said, it just, it was a little nutty at first yeah. and then you, it yeah. just turned into something fantastic. Yeah. Cause so. I don't know anybody else who's ever, you know, I, I don't have any friends that have ever taken a little trip quite like that, but <laughs> it's great memories. I mean, we have such great memories and a lot of our adventures are family slash cap adventures. In fact, when the kids were little, they used to say, is this a cap thing or a family thing? <laughs> <laughs> and then it sort of became like both. <laughs> So one thing about the book that I did want to touch on in the book, Francie has a really good friend, Liv. She is definitely based on a true person in Maddie's life that really feel has made all the difference. When we first started CAP, I remember going to somebody else's fundraiser. It wasn't for CAP. It was for another alopecia group. And we met a woman and her daughter. And she said to me, you know, her daughter seemed like she was doing really well. And at the time, Maddie was really, really shy and kind of like, like I was when I was a child. And she said, you know, all, all that she needs is one good friend and that's all you need. And, and you know, that'll get, get you through. And um, I literally prayed for Maddie to find a friend like that. And then this girl who Liv is based on moved into Maddie's school halfway through kindergarten, just a couple months after she was diagnosed. And Again, I felt like it was the answer to my prayers, but I do really feel like whether you have alopecia or another thing that makes you different, if you just have that one person that you really feel like, you know, you can kind of be yourself mm-hmm. outside of your family. I just think that that really, it's a really good message for kids to know that, you know, they can get through things if they just have people that love them in their life and that accept them for who they are. And yeah. she was, you know, very important in Maddie's life. 
and yeah. story. And you can hear that. I was reading it this morning again, and uh-huh. I I could oh I felt that friendship because I have been able to have that myself. I've been so lucky to have great friends in my life, and when yeah. I was that young too. And so it does make a huge, huge difference. And yeah, I love that there's photos of them included in the back too. And yeah, I won't give it away. Everybody's going to have to get the book and to talk about differences. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As you can see from the photo, she's definitely based on a real person, you know, and yeah, she's very special to us. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. Um, she had a big part in the book. You know, like I said, I couldn't write all four of my girls and I feel like I'm, I'm a novice writer. So I thought I did try to, to write two sisters in because uh, Mimi wasn't born yet when, you know, when Maddie was first diagnosed, right. but it just felt a little difficult. Plus I didn't want to only leave Mimi out. <laughs> so that part of the book feels a little bit fictional that because obviously when you have four kids, it's a big part of your story. But the part about live just feels very real and true. But I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And when people are looking for the book, where can they find it? They can find it on Amazon. Type in Francie Puts On Her Courage and pops right up. So there's a a softback version and a hardback version. And honestly, Amazon is great to reach people all over the world. Yeah. So easy. It is so easy, but you know, the entrepreneur in me and the self-employed person in me says, you know, keep it small, just have people come to your website. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The the convenience of Amazon is, it's there. That's good to know. And also they can definitely also find it on, on the children's alopecia projects website. Mm -hmm. Betsy, I just want to thank you for joining us today. And we will have all the ways to get the book in the show notes and we'll give people access to that. So I just want to thank you again for being here with us today. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Please check out the links in the show notes to find Betsy's new release of Francie Puts On Her Courage. If you purchase a copy through Amazon, it would be awesome to take the extra few seconds to leave a review for Betsy. Those are like gold for us authors. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Join our Alopecia Life Facebook group and find out more information at headonlifecoaching.com. The information on this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment and is meant for general information purposes only. If you're enjoying these episodes and finding the tips helpful, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to and download podcasts.